Welcome to the Sports Bros Podcast, featuring the almighty B-Live, the money man, Scotty D, and your host, the head of creative, Eddie Cool. And without any further ado, here they are, the Sports Bros. Hey, what's going on, world? This be your boy, Eddie Cool, a.k.a. the H.O.C. And guess what? It is episode number 60 of the Sports Bros Podcast. Um, not too far away from 100, but we're going to get there when we get there. I'm excited for another episode of the Sports Bros Podcast. 60 of them things in the book. But of course, you know I don't do this by myself. I can't take all the credit. Somewhat, but not all of it. I got two of the best co-hosts in the world. The Almighty Be Live. What's happening? What's going on in the world today? Man, oh man, I'm excited about this episode. I'm excited to be back with my bros. So um the credit that um Eddie Cool does um doesn't take, I'll take the rest of it because it's really um the, I mean that's what we do. And then I mean there's this other guy that I might talk a couple things and um he'll mention something about CD Lamb and um you know some something about him getting drafted to um some team. How about them cowboys? <laughs> um CD's nuts. <laughs> I had to say it. I was like you can edit that later. I don't know, whatever. But yeah, your boy is here. Let's get it. I mean, it's a D's nuts joke. Come on, now. you don't hear the D's nuts jokes. <laughs> nice. And the and our other co-host, CD Lamb's biggest fan, the president of the CD Lamb fan club, who has yet to play professional down football. The money man, Scotty D. The voice of reason is here. Or Let's where? talk to sports guys. The sp- the voice of reason is here. Uh, we are one day closer to no sports still. So let's get on with it. Let's talk about what we can talk about here. Uh, Scrounge together another show of sports, wall-to-wall sports. Let's do it. Um, yep. Um, um, disclaimer notice, if um, Scotty D, the money man, is the voice of reason after claiming that the Cowboys will go 16-0, and 0, we are in real trouble as a um, podcast. Just, just throwing that out there. If that's the voice of reason. Yeah, we're in trouble. But um, by the way, J- Jr. Uh, had a little bone to pick with me over my prediction, but I I'm feeling pretty good about that. So, uh, I, if if I'm right, that means they will have beaten the Eagles twice over that time period. And I know that Jr. is not counting on that happening, but I just really have a hard time seeing the Cowboys losing the game next year. So, anyway, that's a future topic. All right, all right, all right. Spe- speaking of the Cowboys schedule, I saw an interesting statistic the other day about the upcoming season. Um, Scotty D, y'all got the y'all got to play against all of the birds in the NFL. You got to play the Eagles twice, the Falcons, the Ravens, I think the Seahawks, Cardinals, yeah. and the Cardinals. So yeah, you got to uh, get through the gauntlet of the birds. Yeah, interesting. I did not know that. Yeah, and I saw that and I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. I've never seen like that happen to where one team got to play, you know, a bunch of birds, but um. <laughs> We'll uh, cross that bridge when we get to it and do the flyover, and Scotty D might get a little cardinal poop on his shoulder. But I digress <laughs> as I go ahead and put the train back on the track. Not the track on the train. <laughs> nice. <laughs> shout, out, 
Shout out to Amtrak. Cut the check. I need it now. All right, fellas. So here we go. Last Dance episodes 9 and 10. The finale of an otherwise awesome piece of quarantine television. This wraps up everything. This is the culmination of the last year as the Chicago Bulls work together as a team to win their third straight championship. Their second three-peat if you will. Uh, fellows, I will say this. I did enjoy this entire season. There was one episode, there was not one episode where I was like, eh, I don't know. The, the episode gave us a lot of backstories, entertainment, and memes galore. Think about it. A generation will not know Michael Jordan as a basketball player, but they will know him as the king of all memes. I mean, everything except for baseball that Michael Jordan d- touches is good minus baseball, but I digress. So, uh, what you fellas think about um, episodes nine and ten of the Last Dance? I was I was impressed by the way they definitely featured Steve Kerr. Like mm-hmm. I I I knew none of that, like about his uh, about his dad. Um, I mean, his dad and his mom. His mom spoke on the. Um, documentary and everything about um his dad and his, um being in Beirut I do believe was it Beirut mm-hmm. and or was it American University of Beirut or something like that and just the story the um uprisings there and just being uneasy as an American over in that country and everything that he went through and the tragedy that um um came with that and everything I was like wow and so the way that him and Steve Kerr were able to connect, and it also the fact that Steve Kerr stood up to Michael Jordan, and like that, like how that solidified their relationship and everything, that was definitely a piece that um, I learned a great deal from. So that's definitely my takeaway of um, of all of that um, real big time was the fact that. Again, like you, like you um, alluded to, and definitely said that um, everything except for baseball that we mentioned, everything that Michael Jordan touches is gold. And the fact that just the development of Steve Kerr throughout it all, and it that was definitely, definitely a bonus for me. What you think, Scotty D? Yeah, I, to to recap the whole thing overall, I thought it was really, really well done. It was so interesting because. You were getting Michael Jordan speaking not as a guy being interviewed, but as a guy just in conversation. And it's, I bet you for him it was somewhat therapeutic to get a lot of that stuff off his chest, especially when he got towards the end there when he said he had never heard the story of Jerry Reinsdorf of why he didn't want to bring the Bulls back together. And I thought that was very interesting how, you know, it, it sounded like Michael had it in him to go do it at least one more time. He said, we're in rare – rare air here like with the Celtics you know they're with their huge championship run and we're up to six and we have a chance here to go for seven but it didn't sound like Michael had ever really asserted himself he was saying this could have happened this could have happened but I don't think it um he he knew that Reinsdorf kind of threw a Hail Mary towards the end that's it almost sounded like because if you remember in the very first episode it said the general manager uh, Jerry Krause said it didn't matter if they're 82 and 0 they're uh they're not going to bring back Phil Jackson. He's going to be gone regardless. And Michael said, I'm not playing for anybody but Phil Jackson. 
So I guess it went without saying that if Phil wasn't coming back, neither was Michael. And then Reinsdorf, it, it, you know, he says, I threw a Hail Mary basically to Phil and said, you know, if you want to come back, forget about what, what Krause said. And I think at that point, Phil had just had the mindset that he had had enough and was ready to go. Uh, you know, Michael's, Michael never – it didn't sound like ever, like, tried to get together with the guys and, and discuss, let's do this again. You know, he said he thought that, you know, this could happen, this could happen, this could happen. The one thing that I, I'm not certain of, though, is he said, I'm sure you, we would have had to talk to Scotty, but I'm sure he would have wanted to come back. But I'm not so certain of that because Pippen really was carrying that chip on his shoulder about not getting more money, not being – paid like he deserved to be paid in the grand scheme of things so i think he would have been a hard sell to come back had they you know they would have had to thrown the bank at him and had you know gone with a, a long-term deal a real big deal and they were not willing to do that at that point especially if they knew michael was going to be gone in another year they weren't going to commit all that to to scotty not kraus anyway so I, I thought it was interesting that jordan still felt like they left a little bit more on the table and guys, if you remember the next year after that was a a short season, it was a labor lockout and it was the eight seeded Knicks went to the finals against the Spurs. Neither of those teams were legendary. So it is entirely possible that the bulls could have won that seventh one. You know, they could have gotten that fourth in a row, which would have been, you know, obviously already historic, but to have them win seven out of, out of nine years would have been something else, man. But yeah, that I, that definitely. That, I'm sorry. Go ahead, sorry. I, I I just thought it was kind of uh, interesting that um, Jordan is still bothered by that all these years later that he didn't have the opportunity to do that. Yeah, that definitely would have been great to see um, them. You know, go for number seven. You know what I'm saying? Because that would have been you know that would have been a four peat. You know that hasn't been done since those Celtics did it way back in the day. So that definitely. Definitely, damn sure would have been very interesting to see because, like you said, you know, you had a lockout season, and it was a short season. I and I remember hearing one part of the episode, and Jordan was like, "You know what? We all probably would have signed if we had a chance for one more year. We'd always sign one year deals, and we'd come back." But as you said, Scotty D, I think um, Scotty Pippen would have been a hard sell because he would have been like, "Look, I've been here during." Both Jordan's, both of Jordan's runs, and even a brief period of time when he retired. So, from a loyalty standpoint, I think they could have discounted right. But you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. Things didn't happen, and so after winning, you know, the sixth championship, you want to go ahead and split up the team. What What I don't understand, though, it, at no point, it, it sounded like Reinsdorf was completely sold on Jerry Krause as the GM. But why would you not choose? that incredible historic team over him. You know what I mean? I mean, why, why wouldn't you say, Jerry, Phil's coming back next year. I'm I'm owning this, and look at the money that's being raked in. How would you like to have been a season ticket holder of the Bulls in the 90s, and then after that three-peat, come back the next year? Holy cow, what a depressing place that arena must have been when there's no Michael, no Scotty, no Rodman, no Phil Jackson – I think they traded Kerr. I mean, that had to have sucked to have gone to the arena to watch that next version of the Bulls after that, huh? Yeah, it would have been. And then, like, Steve Kerr won, like, he, he, he got traded to San Antonio and won a fourth championship. So, Steve Kerr, did Steve Kerr four-peat? Yep, sure it is. <laughs> well, I, did, I forgot about that. And and I was, I was a little bamboozled when Scott said that the – 
the Spurs nor the Knicks were legendary. I'm I'm a little baffled by that because um, I think the Spurs won their first of five championships. Yeah, but them, but that was pre Duncan. That was you know that wasn't the best of all the Spurs teams. That's not the when you think about that that loaded up team. You think of Duncan and Ginobili and Tony Parker, and this wasn't quite that assembly of talent just yet. No doubt they were good. Um, that was Sean Elliott, I think, Avery Johnson, uh, you know, David Robinson. And they beat the Knicks, and I think Latrell Sprewell led the Knicks as an eighth seed into the finals, and Patrick Ewing got hurt and didn't play in the finals. My point is it just wasn't like – it wasn't like the, the Rockets with Elijah one winning. It wasn't, you know, a, a, a LeBron, D-Wade, Bosch kind of team. It was just a, a, a good team. I'm, I'm just saying that was a – they were a very beatable team, uh, in my opinion. That was a, a winnable – Seventh championship. The Spurs. Right. The Spurs have always been a good team with like no superstars. So that that's they they've been the consummate team. That's why I I I hate I hate them, but I enjoy them at the same time because they didn't have that. They they never had that star power. They just really were just a well. They were like a well oil machine. Tim Duncan was on that team in '99. I think he he was. I think he might have been a rookie that year, but that was that was the year they, um, of the Twin Towers okay. of T- I, Tim Dun- Tim Duncan and David Robinson. Okay, I didn't think Duncan had been there yet, but yeah, okay, he must have been a rookie. That, that makes sense. If uh, I think his last year of Wake, he was already he was already out. I know he played four years for Wake Forest. Which rare. Yeah, he played all four years. Yep, yep. Uh, and I'm over here looking at some of this. Uh, the statistics for the following season. Uh, let's see. The Bulls, they went 13 and 37. Ouch. <laughs> yeah. Good God. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. They they went they went 13 and 37. And who was on that roster? Because you mentioned, yeah, Steve Kerr was gone. Um, who could? You mentioned. Was still there. I think he stayed. Because um, was Pippen? Pippen wasn't on that team anymore either, right? No. They they literally with they Barkley. lost. They lost. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, all right. Cool. Okay. So so here we go. Brent Barry, Corey Benjamin, Mario Bennett, Keith Booth, Randy Brown, Mark Bryant, Corey Carr, uh, David Comell, Ron Harper, um, Charles Jones, Tony Kukoc, Andrew Lang. Uh, Jeff Sanders, Dickie Simpson, uh, Dickie Simpkins, and Bill Winnington. Ooh. So you had Winnington, Simpkins, Coach, Ron Harper, uh, Ron and Ron Harper. Yeah, that was about the year. And, and 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 Randy Brown. Yeah, but I heard two and a half names I recognize. I Bill Winnington's the half. I was like <laughs> Ron Harper. <laughs> yeah, and um, is yeah that wow. Just the complete difference of a team. That's even worse than freaking Golden State between last year um, and this year right now because without Clay, without <laughs> Steph Curry and Kevin Durant's on with the, with the Nets. It's, but Jesus, talk about a decimation of a team. That's crazy to me. Yep. Now, also, I went back to look at the 
to look at the standings here. Yeah, the pre uh, the year before the year they won the last championship, they were sixty two and twenty, mm. and had the Pacers nipping at their heels in the Central Division. So the Eastern Conference um, playoffs that year in um, the last year, the three peat was the Bulls, uh, number one seed Bulls, number two seed Heat, uh, three seed Indiana Pacers, four seed the Har- uh, Hornets. Fifth, the Hawks. Sixth, the Cavaliers. Seventh, the Knicks. And eighth, the Nets. Now, think about that. We went from a 62 and 20 Bulls representing the Eastern Conference and winning it all to the Knicks, who were a seventh seed the year before, who got in at an eighth seed the following year, the following year, strike short or not, and made the freaking finals. And so, in you you were speaking about the Pacers that were the number three seed. There was a really good piece about the Pacers and mm-hmm. how dangerous they were as a team, and Reggie Miller doing his thing. And I, I like that part too. I really like the part that um my um uh, Michael Jordan's um what, looking at the tablet uh, <laughs> about Reggie Mil- Miller talking about him and everything, and he just he's laughing and that just. The way they pieced that whole thing together is I, I, I enjoyed every bit of it. Really, I did. I, I really enjoyed the whole thing, too. Yes, they also had his kids there, and uh, I'm looking at an article here where you see, where you didn't see a single appearance by none of his wives. <laughs> none whatsoever, uh, including um, his ex-wife Juanita and his current wife as well, too. Um, then come to find out that the flu game was a result of some bad pizza. Food poisoning. Yeah, food poisoning. Yeah. I, That's I crazy that, it... that They said it was five guys showed up to deliver the pizza, uh, all trying to catch a glimpse of Jordan. But his personal trainer said he had a bad feeling about that from the get-go. So wonder if they may have messed with his food a little bit. Just got to wonder. Oh, they had to. They had to. Like how? Like I'm. I mean, think about. It. We go in a Michael Jordan room. It, it's kind of like how many people did it does it take to change to change a doorknob? Which I had to do this weekend, and it took three of us: one to hold a light, one to hold a drill, and the other test if the door locked. But I digress. Um. Yeah, you got five dudes delivering. What is this? Five guys pizza in Utah? Right. Like what kind of what kind of monkey? <laughs> what kind of monkey and horse show is this? Utah? You got five guys. Running a pizza, so yeah. Come to find out that the tainted pizza was a result of Michael Jones' flu game, and he went on to score thirty-eight points, seven rebounds, and five assists, and gets. A you know what made me want, made me yes. think uh, in that because that was the uh, that was the first of the two championships against Utah, and the second one in the mm-hmm. very final game, and I had forgotten this that Pippen was laboring through that game with a bad back; he could barely pull himself up and down the floor. You just have to wonder if Pippen was digging deep because he remembered, you know, Michael going through utter hell the, and, you know, the previous year. He was, you know, carrying Michael off the floor practically. You know, you just have to wonder if Pippen was driven by the fact that, you know, I can't let Michael down more than anything else. And he, he, he saw him kept going to the locker room and coming back and locker room and coming back, just trying to get. They said we're trying to give him five minutes of treatment to give him five minutes on the floor. You know, they really were doing everything, the training staff, everything they could to get Scotty back out there. And just his presence on the floor was uplifting to Michael. I, you know, I had forgotten about that. And I don't think Scotty Pippen gets enough credit about for that performance because, you know, he, he did make an impact on that game. 
True, true. Oh, I found the kids' names. The cameos that we get are his three children, um, Jeffrey, Marcus, and Jasmine. Yeah, Jeffrey, Marcus, and Jasmine. They also talk about their father too. Um, it was, it was, this was, this was very interesting, man. And, um, I was sitting there the whole time. I was like, okay, so we just gonna talk about them. So we just gonna talk about this and not talking about Rodman going to WCW. And then <laughs> what do you know? Look what pops up. I said, ah, save the best for last. Uh, I think I read somewhere where if I'm, uh, it, it, it was a meme, but I think I read it somewhere. Uh, when Rodman skipped out for that media day and didn't show up, he got a $25,000 fine. But when he popped up on Nitro, he got paid $250,000. And Ron Harper was like, you know, if you think about it, he's a smart <laughs> businessman. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> and that's, I, I find that so crazy that he, he literally is like, and he, can you can you imagine Vince McMahon in the in the hey hey Robin I'm gonna pay you this and Robin's like man I got practice tomorrow he's like man I'm gonna pay you two hundred and fifty thousand dollars practice y'all yeah, be there and that's, you know but what I'm saying hey, can that, you imagine that that dial- actually set up a a pay per view after the season was over that him and Carl Malone faced off against each other it was a and tag match paid. with Diamond Dallas Page and Carl Malone against Hulk Hogan and Dennis Rodman. So that was actually kind of the laying the groundwork right there that night for uh, more business for him whenever the season concluded. So that was, it was smart. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and again, like, again, like we've been, we've been saying about the whole series, the whole season and everything about um the last dance, just all these backstories that we, I'm, we just didn't know. Like we we were like we remember bits and pieces, but just the way it was woven together, all the backstories, just it was it incredible. was very incredible. I'm, I'm, gonna I, be, I'm gonna really miss watching it on Sundays going forward because that really has held my attention for the past month. Oh yeah, because well, it was supposed to be released this yeah, summer, right? Released right? Around the time of the NBA right. Finals, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm 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 sad to sad that this thing's gonna end. Well, guess what? If you got the ESPN app, you can watch it all over again. Shout out to your boy, Eddie Cool for go ahead and uh, I got a little thing thing called Roku. Hey, look, Roku, I've slept on Roku. I feel stupid for sleeping on Roku. Don't know why I did it, but I freaking did it. I have slept on Roku's best thing since sliced bread, and I can watch everything I want to, including The Last Dance. Uh, great episode. Uh, as I told uh, plenty of people, I'm like, look, just go ahead and give them the damn Emmy now. Yep, absolutely. That's get over. This it. is award winning without question. And if it doesn't win an award, I'm not gonna say I'm fighting somebody, but I'm, I'm gonna be mad. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be hot. Yeah, I'm. I'm fine. I'll, I'll fight somebody over that. Okay, you. you I'm, I'll somebody. fight somebody. I, you know what I'm saying? We we can go. We can go toe to toe. We can um. We we can we can lace up the gloves. I'm not fighting Mike Tyson, but I mean I'll. Or, or or Vander Holyfield, but that, I mean that, that I digress again. Plug, but <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. That it it needs, it needs to win um a lot of awards. It needs to. Yep, all kinds of awards. And speaking of fighting, let's go ahead and roll right into UFC Fight Night this past Saturday in Jacksonville, Florida. Once again, fighting in front of nobody, unless you had ESPN Plus and you was at the house watching the fight. So uh, I'm gonna go ahead and be honest. 
Um, I was in the state of South Carolina on vacation. Oh, yeah, shout out to uh, Rodney Bellamy. I actually met Rodney Bellamy. He's a listener of the podcast, real cool dude. He called me a big MF, but it's all good. <laughs> it's all love. Thank you, Rodney, for your support, and we greatly appreciate it. A great deal, a great deal. So, Scotty D, you watch I fights, did. right? I've been watching fights all week. He's been watching fights all week. He's been watching the neighbors fight. <laughs> He's been watching the fake fights on TV. And he finally got to see a real fight, UFC Fight Night, which is headlined by Overeem versus Walt Harris. Uh, Scotty, what are your takeaways well, from this call? Well, if, if you guys remember, I actually did a pepper point on Walt Harris back in in December whenever his uh when this story happened where his daughter went missing and um was it technically his stepdaughter but she went missing and uh they found her her body uh, a month or so later so this guy was on my mind back then and to see him his story all week on ESPN they really pushed the, the story because it was kind of a feel-good story that he was going to be able to main event a UFC event considering all that he and his family had gone through and I think the whole country that was the UFC country I say the UFC fans anybody that was watching would definitely was going to be pulling for this guy unfortunately he was taking on Alistair Overeem who's one of the best of all time in the heavyweight division and Walt Harris I tell you I don't know if you guys saw this but he almost pulled it off early he had over him on his butt he had him shaken up he had him cut open and this is what happens when you have a really uh inexperienced fighter going up against a, a legendary fighter because he couldn't finish the job and over him um finished him in the second round and you know i i hated rooting against alistair over him i've never been a big fan of his but he he never does anything but acts cool to other people and he was very cool to walt harris afterwards and very gracious and you know he hated rooting against him but this is just a, a case of the a superior fighter winning having said that i hope walt harris really can pull this together because he came off as such a likable guy and it was such a good story to see um him making his comeback after such an incredibly sad story so that one didn't quite go our way um earlier in the week there's also another ufc event on wednesday night and that was anthony smith against glover Teixeira in the in the light heavyweight division, and uh, Anthony Smith was uh, a favorite coming in. And I tell you what, this um, if you watch this, you, and you're listening to Daniel Cormier announce this fight, you realize how brilliant a mind Daniel Cormier is when it comes to fighting. He picked up very early as an announcer on this, but in the first and second round, in this quiet arena, because there's no fans in the stands, Cormier's talking about how Anthony Smith's corner is instructing him and yelling more volume, more volume. And he said, his corner is going to wear him out. He said, listen to Glover Teixeira's corner. They're not saying anything. They're trusting their fighter. Well, after two rounds, Anthony Smith had nothing left. And it shouldn't have even gone into the fifth round. It should have been stopped. His corner should never have let him go out for the fourth round. The guy just absolutely got destroyed to the point that it could be one of those career-altering beatdowns. I mean, some fighters are never the same when they get taken down like that. The referee should have done something, and I just have to wonder, you know, last week we talked about Tony Ferguson getting destroyed and how they let that one go on too long. I, I'm just wondering if the referees are, are, you know, worrying about what other people are saying and, you know, premature stoppages and, and that kind of stuff. But definitely Anthony Smith took a beatdown from Glover Teixeira, who at 40 
is back in the title picture. He may get another crack at John Jones down the line, but it was great seeing some live fights this past past week. The UFC successfully pulled off three events in Jacksonville Saturday, Wednesday, and Saturday. And it was it, honestly, as a sports fan, it was just nice to watch live events again. But that was my take on uh, a couple of the bigger fights that took place during the week. Uh, so check this out. A little interesting. Another interesting stat I picked up. Alistair Overeem has a win. Like, you know, you know how you know how wins are very, very tough to come by in the world of mixed martial arts. So let me run this by you. He had his first professional win in 1999. So think about it. He got a win in the 90s, the 2000s, the 20 teens. And now he got a one. Now he got a win Four decades. in twenty twenty. Very impressive. Yeah, you, you that 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 is very impressive, especially in a sport in a hard hitting sport of um, UFC and mixed martial arts. I mean, because because some guys you know they get a handful of wins and, if and they get the taken, hell He's but never Alex, been a UFC champion. He's fought in multiple organizations, so his career goes back you know to ninety nine fighting in different types of. You know, it wasn't always UFC. He was with other organizations and kickboxing, I think, at one point maybe. But he's never been a UFC mm-hmm. champion. So that's that's interesting for a guy who is going to be a, a Hall of Famer for sure to never have had gold. Yep, he is uh, – let me see. His kickboxing record says uh, he's 10-7, and 7, but in MMA he's 46-18. and 18. That's a lot of fights. That's impressive. That, that is a lot, yeah. Yeah, that is a lot of fights. Be live. Did you see the fight at all? I did not. I was um too busy serving a lot of burgers and brisket um at um Max Speed Shop here in Fayetteville, North Carolina. <laughs> I'm not gonna do the plug right now. <laughs> but um, hey, that, hey, that's okay. We'll just edit this whole part out. That's all. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, I I didn't get a chance to watch it, but. Scotty D, I definitely appreciate the in um in depth analysis. It's always a pleasure to. I did. Hey, wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Did I, did I just give him props? Let's move on. You sound. You, <laughs> you sound. You, you sound like you almost threw up in your mouth. Take the Let's go. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> Let's go. You saw you almost <laughs> threw up in your mouth. All oh, right, let's man. all right, let's see what else we got going on in the world of USC. I think we have another event coming up, if I'm not mistaken. Um, the next event will be Saturday, June the sixth, and is headlined by Felicia Spencer and Amanda Nunez for the featherweight title. Pretty sad card. Pretty sad card. Yeah, shout out for you, OC, for giving us some live sports. The view, watch, and check out because, fellas, I feel like we're getting closer and closer and closer to having live sports, meaningful sports, once again. Because there's only so many times I can watch Game 7 of the <laughs> 1995 NBA Finals <laughs> or Game 6 of the 2008 Finals. So um, that is it for the UFC wrap-up. And it's that time once again, y'all. Hey, yo, button. Hit it. And now, our favorite part of the show, the choices of the voices. 
Once again, thank you to the wonderful and lovely Miss Button for introducing our favorite segment of the show. Hey, look, 60 plus episodes in, you know the woman's a true speaker. What she says is how it is. She says it and she means it. She ain't lying. It's our favorite part of the show, the choices of the voices section, where we ask you, those questions, you give us an answer, and then we talk about it. So, Scotty D, what's the question for this week's Choices of the Voices? All right, I gave you a multiple choice question this week in regards to 2020. This year, who of these four athletes is the most interesting to you? Conor McGregor, Tom Brady, LeBron James, or Tiger Woods? Yep, that's an interesting um I would say what's what's not trio, but it's an interesting group of guys. I can't count what the hell's going on with, but um, yeah, four different personalities, four different sports. Very interesting to see what beholds them of 2020. All right, leading off, we got Martin Tracy who writes a paragraph, but I love it. Tom Brady, love him or hate him? He says it will be interesting to see what he does with um without the Pats flair, and he's one of the most compelling athletes, kind of like Roger Clemens, Carlton Fitz, Ray Bork, Paul Pierce. For that, I follow so many great moments and memories that I'm still going to have the root for them. Uh, and I got no feelings against the Bucks. so yeah, it will be just getting used to seeing him in new gear, kind of like when Roger pitched for the Yankees, I would wear a New York cap. Um, I know, crazy, huh? But... That's how far my love for him went. Uh, my love runs for Brady so deep. I will sport a TB12 Tampa Bay jersey every Sunday. I'm If you're going to wear the jersey, just wear this new jersey. Don't wear that LED garbage. Just good God. That like, instant throw up. Just don't wear that jersey. So, um, yeah, Matty Ice, <laughs> he said, Tom Brady. Move right along. Leonard Cunningham, he said, Brady, is this is just a bonus round to his legacy. It's already set. Um, he said LeBron's two, though I hope they would win it one more time and won't change who they are. Um, Connor, to me, is just an entertainer. Woods, to me, is the most interesting to see how much more he can win. He has the most room to improve or change his legacy. Okay, so he kind of gave us a, um, a an opinion of all four of, of, of what he thought. A multi-tiered answer, if you will. Yes, yes. yes. Leonard, we appreciate that. We really appreciate that. All right, Rodney O'Neill Bellamy. What's happening, Rodney? Met you uh, the other Saturday in South Carolina, man. Cool dude, cool dude, cool dude. Real fun. Thank you for supporting the show. Thank you for listening and participating in Choice of the Voices. He said it's Brady. If he wins in Tampa Bay, he concretes himself as the GOAT in everyone's book. In other news, bring on the Jared Stidham era in Foxborough. Woo-hoo! And he said this as a Dolphins fan, so they're probably going to terrorize the breaks off of Jared Stidham. So he says, right? <laughs> he, yeah. <laughs> so he said Brady is going to have the most interesting year. Um, Melanie Klish, she says, probably Tiger Woods. What drama will plague him this year? I don't know, man. He's been laying low, so he hasn't been really doing much. He's been chilling. Uncle Max, speaking of goats, the greatest of all time, Uncle Max, he said, I think Tiger Woods, with winning four more majors, he surpasses Jack Nicholas as the sport's all-time major wins record holder, uh, which would leave no doubt that Tiger will be the greatest golfer in sports history to date. Okay. Okay. I like it. Good. 
I like that too. I like that too. And Tony Bella, what's going on, Tony? He said, I'm going to have to go with Tom Brady just because of the current team he's on. Um, we get to see that if it was Bill or Tom that made the New England Patriots the powerhouse team it was. Tom has some nasty weapons at his disposal, and I'm curious to see if Tampa will be all potential but no payoff, a.k.a. the 2019 <laughs> Cleveland Browns of the 2020 season. Hey, Tony, that was a good one. I like that one. <laughs> so Tony said uh, Tom Brady, and he was, and he's wondering if the Buccaneers will live up to the hype that the Browns did this past season. We know the Browns did it, but Tampa Bay, let's see. Let's see. Let's see what they should do. And, uh, yeah, that's it for the Choices of the Voices. Uh, shout out to Martin, Leonard, Rodney, Melanie, Uncle Max, and Tony Bella for their participation in this week's versus the Choices of the Voices. Be live. Out of the four, who did you select? Well, I'm going to follow suit with my man, um, Leonard. Um, one, one of the realest dudes here in Fayetteville, Leonard, um, very good friend of mine. I'm going to go – I'm going to go um, – I'm going to do a little tear myself. Tom Brady, check this out. Mm. Um, don't care. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. Like, um, what um, Tony was saying about if, if it's Tom or Bill, that this won't be that answer. Like, right now, if Tom Brady doesn't win the Super Bowl, everybody's going to say, oh, it was Bill Belichick. Again, I'm gonna say this: with the talent that Tampa Bay has, it's not gonna be. I, I, they're one of the favorites, but I still don't think they'll get it done. Bill can't get it done with Jared Stidham. I just, it just no. As long as you've got Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson in that conference, there's no way. It's just, it's not happening. I'm sorry. So, just whatever's whatever. Bill still has a few more years just because, I mean, coaching lasts longer than professional athletes. Tom Brady might have – he. I mean, that avocado ice cream, I don't know. He might do it another five years. Who never knows? But, again, Tom Brady, cut it out. Get out of here. Conor McGregor, I completely 100% agree with Leonard where he says he's just an entertainer. It's intriguing because he also wants to get back in the – um MMA to UFC ring and um, fight a major fight, but he's also on the sidelines talking about talking trash with Oscar De La Hoya in a boxing match. I don't know. So, it, that's yeah, not so much. When it comes to uh, man, oh man. Lord, I just lost my place. LeBron. 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 LeBron James. No, here's the thing. Here's the thing. It is very unfortunate for LeBron James where he is in his career. The debate will always be there. Old school guys like myself, Michael Jordan, young young guys, they're more LeBron James right now. Who who is the GOAT? LeBron can't do anything else really to solidify that with anybody. It's going to be swayed regardless to what he does for the rest of his career. He could win another championship in L.A., but people are going to say, oh, he did it with the second best player in all of basketball with Anthony Davis, maybe the third. You throw Giannis up there. But Anthony Davis absolutely is no slouch. So it's one of those things. It's, if he does win one, people are still going to be swayed. It's, it's, it's not going to 
that that argument is always going to be there. There's no convincing anybody otherwise. My answer um, goes along with a lot of others. Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods by far is the most compelling because if you really, really looked at the sport of golf, it is two entirely different sports because of Tiger Woods. He changed and revolutionized, revolutionized the game, and he still has the potential to win more turns. Does he, does he catch Jack Nicholas? I don't know. But it's one of those things that that will always be compelling. Tiger Woods setting foot on a golf course has the draw unlike anybody else. Like he, I think his draw to golf is bigger than your Floyd Mayweather and your Conor McGregor's and their respective sports. Bigger draw than Michael Jordan, LeBron James in, in basketball. Bigger draw than Tom Brady in football. It, it's close now. What Tom Brady has done for Tampa Bay and the hype that's behind Tampa Bay is close. But Tiger Woods, by far, I think, honestly, I, I think Tiger Woods has affected the game that much greater and has built it, it, he's changed the regimen of golf, mm-hmm. and he's and there's still potential for him to win more tournaments. So, the answer is Tiger Woods. All right, Scotty D, what say you? Well, I like B Live's answer because I had declared when we first started doing this show that Tiger Woods is my must see athlete. And if I would have asked this question one year ago, Tiger would have been my answer for the most interesting because he was just coming off that Masters win and. All of a sudden, everyone's excited again. Sky's the limit for Tiger. Uh, I, I, I have a hard time disputing that. I'm going to cross Conor McGregor off the list because the last couple of years, he has been more uh, trash talk, more style than substance. You know, he, he's been he's been in, had one fight in the last, what, two years or something like that, yep. two, three years. It, it's just he's just not not getting in there enough. And I think he's starting to lose the audience because it, if you're not fighting and backing it up, then then what good is your your rants and tweets that are you know just firing everybody up? Um, LeBron is very interesting because he's trying to do it with another franchise, but man, this this COVID thing has derailed everything. Tom Brady, to me, is the answer because of you know last year they were with this final season of the Patriots, they're eight zero, looking like they're on track. All of a sudden. They lose a very big final game to the Dolphins game they shouldn't have lost, and then they lose the wild card game or to a wild card team. They lose in the first, um, you know, their divisional round to to the Titans, and then he's out. Now he's with another team, and he brings Gronk in, and now he's going to be facing Drew Brees a couple of times here. That is all very interesting. Seeing Tom Brady in another uniform on another team trying to get it done at this advanced age. To me, that is more interesting than any of the other any of the other things on the list. Um, I'm very interested in Tiger at all times. I'm going to be watching Tiger team up with uh, Peyton Manning against Brady and Phil Mickelson here uh, next weekend, I believe it is. And um, that that to me is very interesting. I may feel differently once we're past this coronavirus and the majors are kicking in again. That you know, on Tiger Watch. Uh, I just think that right now the the whole story from where Tom Brady was a year ago to where he is right now is super, super interesting. And I know that B-Live hates Tom Brady, but that is the correct answer. Eddie Cool, what say you? He said the correct answer. I love it. All right, so um, I did this by process of elimination. Um, Connor, 
bye. Like, come on, man. Like <clears> you <throat> said, you're you're not you're. It's like this. You're not around enough for me to value and love you. So you got to get out of here. So that leaves the interesting trio of LeBron James, Tiger Woods, and Tom Brady. As we all stated, we all think that had this COVID-19 would have not, you know, had a stronghold on sports, I, I'm going to go ahead and say it. The Lakers would have won it, flat out. The Lakers would have won it. They caught fire at the right time. Everybody was healthy. They were clicking. They're a problem. I mean, you know, people can argue, hey, they're the second best team next to the Bucks because the Bucks was thumping everybody, but the Bucks had a little small snide. But I think the Lakers would have overtaken them. Lakers would have had too much for them. Would have been an issue. Would have been a problem. So that goes down to Tiger Woods. It's always interesting to see what Tiger Woods Woods does because I didn't think he had no more in him, but then he pulls out a major and wins the Masters again. It's like, oh, I don't know, man. You you can never count Tiger out. But consensus, I'm going to have to go to consensus, is Mr. Tom Edward Patrick Gerald Fitzgerald Brady. I want to see what this guy does i mean i'm gonna be like everybody else i want to see in this case who needed who did bill need tom or did tom need bill and now tom brady has got his boy his ace boom coon if you will his weapon rob gronkowski there in tampa bay now all of a sudden tampa bay becomes a problem and then we get to see tampa bay and the saints breeze versus brady we get to see that twice a year in prime time so I think the most interesting year of 2020 will have to go to Tom Brady. Um, new team, new quarterback, who this? Can he produce the same results? Only time will tell. So, yes, yeah, Scotty D. Sorry to be live, but Scotty D, I'm going to have to roll with Tom Brady, too. I'm gonna have Don't to- apologize to me. There's no, there's no reason to apologize because everything you just said was silly. First of all, the Lakers. No, first, first of all, the Lakers aren't even the best team in their own city. So let's let's start there. Anyway, the Clippers would have beat the Lakers in a in a seven game series. So when so when you started saying silliness like that, your the rest of your point was invalid. So when then when you start rattling off about Tom Brady, he facing the Saints twice this year in prime time. I don't care. You, you know who else he also gets to face twice this Teddy year? Teddy Bridgewater. He gets to and the Carolina <laughs> Panthers that he had that he has a losing record to in his career. Did you think about that, sir? Come on. Let's go, Tom Brady. Bring it to Charlotte. Man, I won't K Kwan Short, Brian Burns, get him. Shaq Thompson, get him. Let's go. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, Tom Brady, his weapons is great, but they don't match his skill set. I don't think Tom Brady gets the ball down the field enough to really utilize Mike Evans. I don't think – I don't. I really don't. Well, it'll be very interesting to find out. It'd be – yeah, whatever. Tom freaking Brady kid. <laughs> the, the, the mess. But I, yeah, 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 we're all entitled to um, our opinion, even though it's wrong. But yeah, cool. Go ahead. Y'all, y'all can side up and um, yeah. All right. I'm good. Like I said, man, I, I just want to see. It's a classic. You know what? Okay. I'm, I'm going to put it to you like this. All right. In very simplistic terms. 
Look at it as a relationship, a married couple, if you will. All of a sudden, somebody gets tired, don't want to be around no more due to them complaining, whining, moaning, bitching. I'm keeping that in there or tripping or one can't make the other happy. Um, this one won't find another job. This one won't do this. This one think they crazy. This one think they a psychopath. So they say after 20 years, the hell with you. So to me, it's the classic case of seeing who actually needed who. That's all. I just want to see who needed who. I think I saw someone where they finished 10 and 6 and get into the playoffs. I think I saw USA predictions with their um with, with, with their off off wrong predictions. There'll be three teams that'll make the playoffs out of the NFC South. They project, you, they, you, don't they, need, you don't need to mention that part. I don't See, because there's they're leaving one team out, and it's already hurt my heart. Edit that part out of the freaking podcast. Three teams from the NFC South. Anyway, uh, and I'll, that, mean, that, hey, that means we got a good division. That's what that means. Yeah, yeah that that yeah. NFC South is tough, and I'm gonna say this, and I'm and I'm done. I'm done with Tom Brady. I'm actually gonna give Robert Kraft some credit. Because this is exactly – Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick are treating their personal and professional lives the same. Robert Kraft said, you know what? I won't, I'm going younger. I'm going younger. I'm 80 years old, and I got a 39-year-old girlfriend. You know what? My girlfriend is younger than my quarterback. I want a younger quarterback. Get him out of here. So Bill Belichick said, we ain't paying the man. Go – you go somewhere else. We're gonna go younger. You've 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 served your time, sir. Tom Brady, get out. Yeah, I've always wondered what Tom Brady's record is in um warm weather cities because he's playing in a fairly warm division. <laughs> the well, South it will be and, interesting um, to find out. <laughs> it will definitely be interesting to find out what the hell Tom Edward Fitzpatrick Gerald Brady does. Uh, this upcoming season. Scotty D, what's the question for next week's Choices of the Voices? All right, well, we're going to kind of go one more time here with this uh, whole thing with the Bulls since, you know, that's been kind of the topic of the the early part of the summer. Um, Again, this is going to be a choice. Which team did you feel was more dominant? The 96 Bulls, that's when Jordan first teamed up with Rodman and Pippen. It was the first of the the second three peats, the first year they win. So we'll call it the 96 Bulls or the 85 Chicago Bears. That team only had one loss en route to their Super Bowl. Obviously, the Bulls were the most successful over the long term, but talking about single season, we're talking about a season that the Bulls won 10 regular season games or lost only 10 regular season games and only four postseason. And the Bears had one single loss during that their their Super Bowl run season. Which team do you think was more dominant in their respective season? And that's what we're going to talk about next week. All right. I'm, I'm going to say something real quick. Um, Rodney, I apologize um, for um, our, our co-host because he used the 85 Bears dominance and didn't use the 72 Dolphins yeah. dominance. Here in Chicago, but he, Chicago. He, Try to follow along there. <laughs> you, you should have made more of an emphasis mm. of that. Okay. It's gonna be the, the Battle of Chicago. Okay, 
the battle of Chicago teams. Now I get it. I was like, you choose the Bears? Uh, yes, very dominant. Absolutely. I was like, but, this bit, but, but you yeah, see, now I get it. I'm awake now. I, I'm I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. We we here now. All right, it's cool. Hashtag you know, I understand, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I understand. Be like, hey, they got you working for eleven thousand hours. You got, you got to get your legs back under you. I fully understand it. <laughs> and that's the question for next week's choices of the voices. <laughs> Guess what, y'all? We going home, home, home. We coming around third base, and we're gonna try our best not to fall on our face. You guys know there's Korean basketball, uh, baseball being played. Yeah, three o'clock in the morning, five o'clock in the morning. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I, I can't crack too much, man. I've I watched uh, New Japan's uh, Wrestle Kingdom, aka um, the Japan equivalent to WrestleMania, and I woke up at like three o'clock in the morning. So I really can't, you know, pass judgment. But hey, if you got the New Japan World Network, you ain't got to worry about that. You can watch it whenever the hell you want to, and you can get your sleep. But that's neither here nor there. Right now, we're talking about Pepper. We got three topics, rapid fire style, kind of, sort of, not really, uh, something for you to learn, something for you to enlighten yourself, if you will. You'll just enjoy the damn segment as we enjoy delivering it to you. Um... Scotty D and B-Live will do their typical pepper fashion. They'll talk about the current news and sports. Me, I'll just talk about this day in history with my old ancient ass. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. All right, and I'll go first. On this day in history back in 1981, George Rush St. Pierre entered the world. Uh, considering he's one of the best MMA fighters um, in the history of all mixed martial arts. He was born in St. Isidore, uh, Quebec, Canada. He is also known by Rush and GSP. He is a for sure Hall of Famer. He's beaten everybody. He's had an illustrious career from 2003 to 2013, and then he came back for one more run in 2017. He is a two-division champion in the UFC, having winning titles in the welterweight and middleweight division. And, um, yeah, he will be inducted into the 2020 UFC Hall of Fame. One time for the MMA legend himself, George GSP Rush St. Pierre. All you, right, Steve? he is a legend for sure. All right, it was nice this past mm-hmm. weekend to see some PGA guys out there hitting the ball around. We had a, a, an event that saw Rory McIlroy and Myrtle Beach's Dustin Johnson defeat Ricky Fowler and Matthew Wolf in a skins game. It was great to see some competitive golf, but it really begs the question, who in the hell is Matthew Wolf? Over to you, B-Live. Uh, yeah, that's a good, that's a good question. Good Mike question. Jones, who? Mike Jones. <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't help myself. <laughs> All right. I'm going to start off the, I'm going to start off this pepper way I've been doing the past few weeks. But it's a little twist. It's a little difference. It's no longer esports. It's no longer eye racing. It's the real deal. Woo! Darlington International Speedway. The stripes. It happened. It went down. And Kevin Harvick comes with the victory. Man, oh man, it was. There was a lot of. I, I watched bits and pieces of it. But one thing that really intrigued me was the very, like, right into almost the last part of the from 
It's split into three segments now with um, NASCAR and everything. And Jimmy Johnson had a significant lead, and he would have won the first segment, the first leg of the race. And then he clips the back of a, a car that he was about to lap and spins out and is out of the race at 37. So Jimmy Johnson, man, that hurt. And then, whew, Rick Hendrick, they, they they weren't they weren't doing so well. Hendrick Motorsports wasn't doing so well because William Byron, my dude, that was killing the game in esports um, with iRacing, he goes out of the race not shortly thereafter with a blown tire, driving the twenty four, and yeah, it wasn't it wasn't too well. But Harvick, congrats to the victory, Darlington. Coming back to your own Wednesday with another race. Yes, sir. Eddie Koo, the ball. All right. And this day in history back in 1991, Willie T. Ribs becomes the first African-American driver to make the Indianapolis 500. Yes, he tested. He got approved. And he raced. But he didn't win. But still... But still, <laughs> Willie T. Ribs made his debut in the Indianapolis 500 for the first time ever. I don't think he never returned again, but hey, shout out to Willie T. Ribs for making history. Over to you, Scott. Wow, I'm D. having a hard time catching my breath after all this car race talk that you guys are going through. <laughs> I knew it. I, I knew. I, I knew. I knew. I knew he was gonna make that comment. I, I saw that coming a mile away. I said he got something smart to say about auto racing. I felt it in the atmosphere. I, I, Go ahead, my man. You know. Woo, I felt All right. it. Was... Um, you know, I, I was uh, on Monday. I was hearing reports that Big Ben, Big Ben Roethlisberger, Stone Football's the teammate, and he cut his hair and he shaved his beard, and. That's what it's come to right now during this COVID time. But that's news. Be live over to you. <laughs> wow. So you give us crap about auto racing. Yeah. And your pepper point is a man yeah. cutting his beard. Man, yeah. you, you woo. Or you reach I'm down deep for baby. that story. <laughs> Hey, hey, wait a minute. Here's Scotty D. Huh, well, what can I find? Let's talk about Big Ben. <laughs> scraping the, scraping yeah. the plate. Nice sound. I have effect. to come up with one more point. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. All right. So here's here's the thing. I really, I'm, I'm throwing an audible. I really, I was going to talk about these two silly NFL cornerbacks accused of armed robbery. Um, DeAndre Baker of the New York Giants and Quentin Dunbar of the Seattle Seahawks, but that's not that's not going to be my topic because they're just idiots. Let's let's go to something that is actually more sufficient to the world of sports. It has been reported that the governors of New York, California, and Texas are ready. They are ready for live sports, even though without fans, they want professional sports they're ready they calling for new york governor andrew cuomo says hockey basketball baseball football whoever can reopen we are ready willing and able partner california governor gavin newsom later said that sports can resume without fans in his state as soon as the first week or so in june 
Texas Governor Greg Abbott says professional sports without fans could resume at the end of May. In addition, he said Little League Baseball can resume play with parents watching under social distancing guidelines. Wow. This, hey, fellas, this is happening. Yeah. I thought I thought California and New York was going to be one of those, is going to be one of those hotbeds that's going to cause this to be at a pause or whatever. But hey, the because it, it it lies in the hands of the governors. The governors are the ones that are making the decisions for on behalf of the state. So when you when this news comes out, man, it's close. Oh, it's close. I feel it. I feel it in the atmosphere. Eddie Cool, live sports, professional sports. Oh, it's going to make a comeback. The ball. And pretty soon we won't be. <laughs> stuff. I promise. We will not be scraping for stuff. We will actually have stuff to talk about. Hold on. But... You know what? Wait, wait, so pop, real quick. Okay. Why do you have a plate right next to you recording? I had, I had dinner earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, oh, I just thought about it. I'm like. But I, hey, do, do, do you? All right, cool. My bad. The ball. I, I'm the HOC, baby. I make it do what it do. Because Scotty <laughs> D said something about scraping. I was like, scrape, scrape, scrape. I got no scrape jokes. Now look, nobody said, oh, I got a bowl. And next thing you know, sweet. Still scraping. I got rice cones flying all over the floor. But in 1984, Stanley Cup finals in Northlands Coliseum in Edmonton, Alberta. Canada, home of Chris Benoit. Wayne Gretzky scores twice, one two, as the Edmonton Oilers beat the New York Islanders five to two uh, for a four one series win. And it is the Oilers' first Stanley Cup title. Now, let me give you a little bit of a backstory. The New York Islanders, they've been whipping ass from 1980 to 1983. If I'm not mistaken, they won four consecutive Stanley Cups. No one could touch him. And then along came this kid named Wayne Gretzky. And as they said, the rest was history. All right, so let, let's, let me give you some more stuff. Okay, so Wayne Gretzky led the league that year with 87 goals, 118 assists, and 205 points. That, On fire. That was the season. That's insane. One more time. 87 goals, 118 assistances, and 205 points. I don't think no one has got closer to that. I don't think that that record anybody got no, close since then. That's a that's like is that's almost impossible. Like he averaged um two and a half points a game. Yeah, two and a half points. Yeah, that's just that's crazy. I I forgot about that. How dominating he was, and I mean, he's his records are, yeah, they're, they're not gonna get they they ain't catching them. Um, Sid the Kid, Ovechkin, yeah, y'all gonna get close, but Wayne Gretzky, man, yeah, yeah, and they had a team. Their team was loaded at that time. the The record was four hundred and forty six, an NHL team record for most goals in a single season. All right. That's a whole lot going on. That Edmonton Oilers team was on fire. And that welcome the world to Wayne Gretzky, number 99. The great one. It ain't just the name. <laughs> it's the game as well, too. Yeah, so Edmonton Oilers, this day in history, 1984, won their first ever Stanley Cup. Wasn't oh, was Mark Messier part of was. that um, Edmonton Oilers team? 
Uh, yep, yeah. yep. Uh, yeah, Jesus. Mark. Yeah, you let's see. You have Mark Messier, Wayne Gretzky, Paul Coffey, Yari Curry, uh, and Glenn Anderson. And you had Grant Fuhrer at goalie. Grant Fuhrer and Andy Moog at goalie. And dig this here. The goalies, they were badass too. Because Andy Moog played 38 games. He went 27 wins, eight losses, one tie. And let's see, Grant Fuhrer, he went 30 and 10. Uh, yeah. He went 30, 10, and 4. Yeah, it's pretty so, easy when the when the offense is scoring 17 goals a game. Well, of course you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, what, but no, that's still no. Now, definitely respect to that. Like I said, that team was loaded. Yeah, yeah, fully loaded, man. Fully loaded, man. Everybody's like, <laughs> everybody, the, the whole damn team's a Hall of Famer. Think about it. But yeah, man, shout out to the Edmonton Oilers who lost to the Carolina Hurricanes some years later. All right. Over to you, Scott. Um, one more scrape for the Pittsburgh Steelers here, but I saw the uh, the story this past week where James Harrison said that uh, in 2010, following a hit on, uh, I don't know, some dude whose name I can't pronounce from the Browns, uh, Muhammad Masakwe. Some... Oh, okay. Yeah, Muhammad Masakwe. We'll call it, we'll call it yep. that guy. Um, that in the locker room following the game that uh, Mike Tomlin handed him an envelope. Uh, he was fined $75,000. I don't know if he was implying that Tomlin had put a hit out. It didn't sound like that. It sounded more like maybe Tomlin was chipping in, maybe got some of the guys in the locker room to throw in and help cover some of that fine. I, I, I really don't care because that was in 2010 and it was the Steelers. I'm still scraping. Be live over to you. <laughs> so um yeah you you scraping a lot that was because, news this um, week this was in the news Roethlisberger haircut James this, Harrison 2010 story we need COVID to go away be live over to you, hey, you well just well just well just to let you guys know I have the title for the episode here <laughs> we go scraping Scotty D here we go because <laughs> <laughs> um the, yeah, I figured if you're gonna scrape at least scrape for your own CD Lamb. Coming to <laughs> All right, let's finish this off real quick. Um, cause I'm 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 gonna put some hot um some hot hot sauce Dabo? and some pepper on this real quick. Cause it Dabo. wow, <laughs> wait a minute, Jesus, we made it almost made it through the whole episode. All roads lead to dabble, but not this I time. Was waiting for- I, yeah, I was waiting for it. Wow. So, so, so that's the trend. Scotty D C D Lamb, you devil. Got it. Here we go. <laughs> so, but yeah. NFL. What in the hell are you doing? So the incentive for teams in the NFL to implement the Rooney rule, which is to target and at least interview um African American or um actually um people of color, minorities into prom- um prominent positions in the NFL has been they have upped the ante to the point of where if you have a minority as a GM, you get to move up ten picks in the draft. And if you have a minority head coach, you get to move six spots up in the draft. 
And if you have both, you get to stack them. So you get 16 spots up in the draft. I'm not sure if that's been signed and sent into law. I just saw the story about it. I probably should have did a little bit more research before I brought it to this podcast. But I was so infuriated by this. I'm like, this what? See, I can see Mister Jared Jones hiring you some brothers me, uh, and calling them GM and head coach, <laughs> just to move up and get some picks. Wow, and they would be by <laughs> proxy because we all know that Jerry Jones runs the show. But that that you know what, Scotty D. I'm now pissed off to a whole nother level because he yeah. could absolutely do that. I mean, it was like Jason Garrett head coach the last 10 years. That was kind of a Dude. joke. You can just, hey. You... Oh, that wasn't kind of a joke. That was, that was an eight and eight But joke. he could just the hire Marvin joke. Lewis and say, hey, that guy's title is head coach. And just pay him. And he doesn't even have to show up and just, hey, Cowboys have Marvin Lewis as a head coach. They're going to get 10 picks up in the draft. I don't know. I mean, it has to be more complicated than that. There has to be a lot more to it than that. But that, but that's that's the story that came across. And I, 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 I said I'm I'm going to look back into it because I'm like I said, well, I'm not sure if it's signed into law, but it was something that just I saw that and I said, how backwards are we moving right now? This yeah. is just. I mean, I no, I don't get what they're trying to do. I, I just, oh boy, there's, there's, there's just, there's, there's, there's got to be another way. It's just, it's got to be NFL hashtag do better. Yeah, got to do better. And um, while you guys were talking about Pepper. I took a chance to go look at the Edmonton Oilers the following season. Uh, Wayne Gretzky, uh, they won the Stanley Cup. They only lost seven games at home. Uh, Wayne Gretzky only had 73 goals, 135 assists, and 208 points. And that's what he did the following year after setting the league on fire. Yeah, the great one, Wayne Gretzky. All right, and that about wraps it up for another edition of the Sports Bros Podcast and Pepper. But before we go, we need to tell you where you can find us. Find me on Scotty Facebook. D. Where can they find you? Donnelly, and I'm in Western Pennsylvania. So if you want to see me in person, well, stay six feet away. But you have to do it up here in PA. And if you happen to see Scotty D mowing lawns, help him out. And remember, Scotty D does not use <laughs> the bag. I wish I could say the same thing, but I got somebody watching me. Be live. Where can they reach you? Well, Scotty D doesn't use the bag because he has the bag. That's why we call him the money man. But yeah, plug. All right. <laughs> you can find me in St. Louis. I'm sorry I had to do it. But <laughs> and I'm the home at, of the home of Jason Tatum, by the way. But I'm actually upset that I missed the um the ludicrous Nelly versus battle. I, I gotta look that up. I missed that this this past Saturday. I'm very upset. I gotta find it. But anyway, you can find me. At Max Speed Shop here in Fayetteville, North Carolina, 42 North McPherson Church Road, where we serve the finest of the burgers and the brisket and the pulled pork and over 180 bottles, cans, draft beer. 
And we're waiting on the governor of North Carolina to say that we can open to limited capacity. We're waiting. Has not made, been made official, but we are preparing. Check this out. Until that time, you can also find me here on um, the Sports Bros Podcast related social media sites. We have our Facebook like page, Sports Bros Podcast. We have our accounts on Instagram and Twitter. On Instagram is Sport Bro- Sports Bros Podcast. On Twitter is Sports Bros Podcast. You can also find us if you have any questions, comments about the show, shoot us an email, sportsbrospcast at gmail.com. Check us out on our YouTube page. Um, check us um, check out our website, sportsbrospodcast.wordpress.com. Your boy, the almighty one, Brian Livingston. That's my name. You want to look me up on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This be your boy, be live. No, I at the beginning, T H S B E Y A B O Y B L I V E. Did I cover it all? I think I did. Yes, sir. I'm out of breath. No, uh, <laughs> you can catch me, Eddie Cool, the head of creative. Pretty soon, I'll be going back to work. Thank you, Jesus, because, uh, yeah, thank you, Jesus. Uh, you can catch me going back to work pretty soon. Also, you can catch me on Facebook, Eddie Cool, Snapchat, Super Cool 5000, Instagram, Cool Season, all one word, and all of our social media platforms that Be Live has mentioned. All right. And with that being said, Thank you for listening to another edition of Sports Bowls Podcast. And then in closing, do something nice for yourself. And if you can, do something nice for someone else. They'll greatly appreciate it. It's been another episode of the Sports Bowls Podcast. And with and with Scotty D leaving early, I get to say it myself. Yes, sir. Feels good. <laughs>